1: and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds argue with each other. All right. We're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> You're listening to never heard of it. A night shift radio production. I want that theme music every time I enter a room, no matter how undramatic it is that I'm entering the room. I need that music.
1: That was the most like epic 70s action movie theme and it literally just like anytime the dude was on screen, he just got that music I'm like yeah, he just how, it's fucking dope. How do I get that?
0: Like <laughs> I want that for me. I want that I, in my life.
1: I get that it's John Houston, but like <laughs> How do I get to that level?
0: (laughs) Right, like once you've directed highly acclaimed movies, then anytime you walk uh, into a room, you will get uh, epic theme music. I mean, maybe, maybe. I Uh, I also love that his name was Jersey Uh, (laughs) Jersey Kalischwitz. I'm God.
1: I'm confused though. He he died in 1987 at the age of 81. Correct. Uh, he, he lived a good long life. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, roughly, what, like 10 years after years. this film was released. Yeah, um,
0: yeah.
1: He has an acting credit from 2018. Ah. The uh-huh. other, other Side of the Wind.
0: Well, I mean, he's the other side of something. Jake Hannaford?
1: It's an Orson Welles film, too. Yeah. I don't think that this is right.
0: Or it's like a, uh, I wonder if it's like old footage or something, because Maybe. also Orson Wells
1: <laughs> has also been dead for quite some time.
0: <laughs> quite some time. Yeah. Orson Wells died two years before John Huston
1: did. Yeah. Um, so this is, that's quite the the magical movie there. So yeah, this, the uh, apparently is on Netflix, The Other Side of the Wind. Or was Hmm. it perhaps a Netflix Netflix original? Netflix is not a thing.
0: Netflix is not a thing. But, you know, the crazy part about that.
1: Some, like, like, Fisher or something like that probably has Netflix.com to, to, like, scam you. Uh,
0: But both John Huston and Orson Welles died before Netflix was a thing, too. That's true. Even the DVD service.
1: Did they die before DVDs?
0: Uh well, when was he it? died eighty seven? But I think DVDs were late nineties.
1: Let's find out. March <laughs> thirty first, nineteen ninety seven, uh was when the first digital video disc players were released. In yeah, the United so, States. so so they hundred percent. I mean,
0: but they they had laser disc, which was pretty much the same.
1: Ten years after the death of John Houston, yeah, DVDs came along. That's so not crazy. only did he did he not make it to see Netflix, he didn't even make it to see DVDs.
0: DVDs. Which, I mean, in all fairness, uh, uh, DVDs were short-lived in terms of popularity. They lasted all of, what, 10 years? <laughs> 12 years, maybe? 97, right, you said, that
1: they came out? Yeah. Yeah, so they lasted,
0: what, 13 years?
1: I mean, you could still get them, but, yeah, they weren't... But, I mean, fucking really
0: why? Like... <laughs> sure, so, you could...
1: Also, looking at the the stills from the other side of the wind, it definitely looks like a film that was made around the same time as The Visitor. Interesting.
0: Maybe it's just like a film that never got finished and then somebody like went through and finished it and like added other things to it.
1: That's what I'm thinking. I'm going to need to look into this a little bit more. In fact, the, one of the stills of John Huston looks like it was straight from this movie.
0: Ah, it probably was. Or maybe it was shot right around the same time.
1: Maybe, maybe they Ed it. I'm just like yeah. It's, it's his his Bella Lugosi. That's great.
0: <laughs> uh, hey, that being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host, Michael fight and I am a pretty bird. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking creepy gift! What a creepy gift! What a creepy thing to just- exist. <laughs> It just exists. I just love the guy. Was like, this is really nice, and the mother was like, no, it's fucking not. And the woman is like, it's cool. I'm gonna get it. And she's like, no,
1: definitely oh, shouldn't.
0: Terrible. So, so as you've guessed, we're talking about the movie *The Visitor*. This is a 1978 film, uh, as as you've heard, starring John Huston, um, and and also it stars um, in the role of Raymond uh, Roy Scheider's evil twin, uh, Lance Henriksen. <laughs> uh, so.
1: First of all, how dare you! <laughs> uh...
0: But I'm not wrong. <laughs> Lance Henriksen 100% is Roy Scheider's evil twin. Like they I look don't... exactly alike, but he just does all the evil, creepy shit.
1: I don't know that I've ever seen anything with young Lance Henriksen. I think he's looked exactly like that since he was twenty-one. No, I mean, you know, like you
0: can't I, tell me otherwise.
1: I guess that's not entirely fair because he was. I mean, he know, did clearly looked young in this. He was clearly significantly younger in like the Alien series because that was also a long time ago. Just he, yeah, he's just always looked not young. He's got <laughs> he's got one of those faces. Sorry, Lance Henriksen. Love you. Respect you. Get, no, I
0: like, mean, it's it's true that there's a lot of actors that you just like their whole career, even when they were young, like they didn't look young. Uh, Edward James Olmos is a really good example of that, too. Like true. he always looks exactly like Edward James Olmos in everything. Like no matter how far back you go, you're like, yeah, that's what he looks like today. Like, he's I don't understand. Like, he's, he's just time. he just looks exactly the same like his whole life. I love it. Yeah. Love you, no, J. it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yes. Big fan. I know everything. you're not, just,
1: but like anyone out there, don't you dare talk shit about EJO in front of me.
0: Yeah, no, I mean I wouldn't. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I just uh finished season two. We just finished season two of Battlestar Galactica. I uh got to the point, this is a spoiler, sorry guys, I got to the point where he finally actually has his stash and I was like, all right, now we're now yes. we're in business. <laughs> I mean, Nothing's are now things are cooking.
1: To be fair. On top any, of like
0: all the other things that happened. But the
1: <laughs> anyone who does uh, follow along in second edition one, uh, I, I believe Kitsy and I may have accidentally spoiled that in like episode two or something like that. But I mean like mm. doesn't spoil anything the plot, but like EJO looks damn good in a mustache.
0: It's, you know, so it's funny is, uh, it, you know, my girlfriend brought this up. She thought it was really funny that, uh, the way they show passage of time, whether it's past or future is by giving, uh, Edward James almost, uh, a mustache. That's true. Because if they flash back to the past, That's he has true. a mustache. But that, when they is. go, they jump a year in the future and then he has a mustache.
1: Yeah. Well, and like.
0: <laughs> he could s- never have a stash in the present, only in the past or future.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the next thing I was about to say might be a little too much of a spoiler. Um. So I, I'll I'll withhold. Uh, okay, I'm all. I just finished <laughs> season two.
0: It can't be season three spoiler well, So no, it, wouldn't, just started, it wouldn't be a I've spoiler. just started counting uh, Cylons on two hands. So Ooh. we need to we need to pump the brakes on spoilers.
1: No, it, it wouldn't be a, a spoiler for you. Um, I just I feel like it might be potentially a spoiler for anyone who hasn't really seen up to where you are. Yeah. So, so let's hold. not. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I'm,
0: I don't, I don't know the exact timeline of when this airs versus when the season two finale of Set Edition One airs. So I don't
1: even know that to be honest. I know. We I were think like, you
0: guys just did Flight of the Phoenix like a week ago, so this yeah. would be two weeks from now. Oh yeah, you guys got a ways to go.
1: Yeah, we were only yeah. like halfway through, a little over halfway through, and we're she like still in recording. Pegasus. Yeah, we're in recording. We're like four episodes ahead, so I don't yeah. even remember what episode is next to be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which by the way, uh Admiral Kane, you fuck that bitch.
1: Yeah. Um anyways. So <laughs> yeah. Michelle so, Forbes, wonderful. Admiral Kane. Wonderful. Uh, Ensign
0: Rowe, she was yeah, uh exactly. she was uh Marianne in True Blood. Um and, you know, she was Ensign Rowe in in uh, Star Trek Next Generation and uh Picard, but uh You fuck that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry got to happen. Got to do it to her. Um, so we're, we're going to talk about the movie The Visitor. Now, I will say um, this is quite the jump uh, from our film we did last week and the right. film we're going to do next week. Um, <laughs> because next week we're covering a film called The Christmas Twister.
1: Uh, <laughs> Casper Van Dien. Casper Van Dien.
0: Yeah. And uh, and then last week we did the the very, like technically beautiful like uh technically wonderfully ingeniously made uh city of the lost children um and now we're like let's watch some 70s fucking weird movie and then we did and uh yeah so this film is playing uh it's available on uh amazon and um uh tubi tv actually i don't i think you have to buy it from amazon i don't think you can stream it on amazon yeah so you have to actually just just straight up buy from amazon, but you can watch it for free on two e TV TubiTV at two e dot com um just do that fucking just. why would you not um i d i will say though this time i had in 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 um uh, an absurd amount of commercials this time for me um which was kind like, of weird I sometimes i have like, like I two many. yeah it it depends. I feel like sometimes I'll have like two, two or three commercial breaks. I feel like I had six. Like this this movie went like 15 minutes longer than I had like timed it out just because yeah. of commercials.
1: Yeah. I like my, my my watch uh, went longer than I expected to, but that's cuz I kept like stopping and going and doing other things. Mm-hmm. I had nothing mm-hmm. to do specific with the commercials. I had one recently though where it just felt like like I was watching the movie on cable there were so many commercials.
0: Yeah, you know what I like that Peacock does, if you have the free account, is you can watch, um, like, if you watch, like, three or four episodes in a row, like, we're watching, like I said, we're watching Battlestar Galactica, and we've typically been watching two or three episodes a night, mm-hmm. is we'll watch two episodes with commercials, and then the third one, they'll be like, hey, watch this whole episode commercial free, thanks to Dove, you know, Body Wash or something, and we're like, fucking cool, or, like, Subaru, nice. and then and then we, we get to watch a whole episode, uh, for free, and that's how we know when to be like, oh, I guess it's probably time to go to bed now. <laughs> we probably watched a few. <laughs> that's you know, our timer.
1: I forgot to call uh, call attention to this last time. The um, Tubi actually presented me with a commercial for a restaurant in my neighborhood uh, as I was watching. Uh, wow! Like, which has never happened before. I didn't yeah. even know they made commercials.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean that's for, awesome
1: for those in and around the St. Louis area. It was for sauce on the side. Which uh, hey. for you, Michael, is an excellent calzone place.
0: I fucking love calzones, man. They're so good, so good. I fucking love calzones. I was just talking about calzones the other day. I fucking love calzones. Oh, I want calzones. They're calzone. just so good. Maybe I know. Calzones I want for a Can we get a calzone in time for D and D tonight? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Okay, so The Visitor. So The Visitor is a, it's listed as a, a horror film, which, eh, I guess, but it's a sci-fi film. Uh, the the official synopsis of this film is the soul of a young girl with telekinetic powers becomes the prize in a fight between the forces of God and the devil. I will say, however, um, that description is very deceiving because outside of, like, one specific, like, visual reference, there is no reference to uh, to um religious things. In fact, it's more referenced uh, like aliens, because like I guess that he's referring to heaven, maybe. I don't know, but it kind of feels like they're they referring because he even says like, oh, it's light years away. Yeah. So like it seems more alien than it seems religious. So that was no. that was my my thing, is that it's it's this is sci-fi not religious.
1: Yeah, that like I don't I don't agree with that uh, synopsis at all. I think that yeah. IMDb got it wrong here. Um, there is a uh, a, a storyline uh, plot summary if you scroll further down that I think is a bit more accurate, which uh, says so John Houston stars in, as an intergalactic warrior who joins a cosmic Christ figure in a battle against a demonic eight year old girl and her pet hawk while the fate of the universe hangs in the balance multi-dimensional warfare pre-adolescent profanity and brutal avian attacks combine to transport the viewer into a state unlike anything they've experienced somewhere between hell and the darkest reaches of outer space uh, pre-adolescent now mind
0: you, profanity is thrown in there like it's this terrible like on top of like multi-dimensional warfare and kids swearing are the worst things that could ever happen <laughs>
1: Yeah, mind you, all of this uh, combines to make it sound like it's a very like action-packed, dramatic, intense film. Uh, when really, it's just like it's a mid-century Italian art sci-fi film.
0: Totally, a hundred percent.
1: I'm I'm a big fan of. So the director was, uh, and I don't know the the Italian pronunciation, so I would say Giulio Paradisi, G i u l i o, as Michael J. Paradise.
0: Yeah, was
1: the way that he credited himself, (laughs) which is
0: fantastic.
1: Uh, I'm sure, probably it
0: was a way. I'm sure it was a marketing thing to like make sure people would watch the movie and not be like, "What the fuck is? I'm not going to see subtitles." But uh, but he, I mean, he, you know, one of his famous movies he did La Dolce Vita. Um, You know, he did uh, um, uh, uh, Keep Walking in 1983. Uh, uh, Eight and a Half is another big one that he did um and then where was terzo uh um i can't find that one but he did another one that uh oh yeah terzo canada yeah uh canale Canale. um but i mean those are some big ones that he did he but uh uh, so like la dolce uh, vita he was the director of photography uh for terzo canale he was the writer for eight and a half He was un amico, uh, which is just like a a, kind of like a producer. And then for the visitor, he was he was also the writer uh, as well as the director. Um, Wild, wild times, man. Yeah, yeah. This uh, so this film it starts off really very seventies. So it's we start off seeing uh, John Houston, Jersey uh, Kalsowitz, um, who is fucking name. I know, right? But it's such a
1: It's Jersey, like, Mm J-E-R-Z-Y. And, like, at one point he presents a Polish passport. So we're we're led to believe that the character that this alien is portraying uh, is posing as Polish. Uh, And I think maybe there there might be a scene where he speaks Polish. I don't know. Um, But for the most part, he's he's speaking perfect English with, uh, was that not an English accent? I don't remember at this point. I, you know, it's one of those like I call it like the Fraser
0: accent, where yeah. it's like it's not, but it is. No, you know, fair. yep. Like, <laughs> like he's he's not he's not British. He's just a rich New Yorker. Like he's, that's
1: <laughs> he's speaking so snobbishly that you you are willing to believe that he's British, right? That he just has more, <laughs> yeah.
0: Which I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. John Houston can speak whatever fucking language he wants. He's the coolest yeah. person in the world. So, um, but yeah. So, so the film starts off with Johnny Houston kind of like walking uh, on this desolate interdimensional plane let's call it um and he sees you know this this uh cloud and this thing and, and a figure approaches him and uh you know it's a it's a hooded figure and then you know the the hood you know reveals itself and it turns out to be a young girl covered in coconut and, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, snow, she's covered in snow, uh, but it very much looks like coconut and he's like, oh, and that's like the beginning of our muse of our, you know, movie is that, you know, we get the idea that this character, and then it transports to intergalactic Jesus, which by the way, should be a movie if it isn't already.
1: Uh, starring um, a, a, bleach blonde Vigo Mortensen.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: and actually, uh actually who was space jesus in this movie
0: yeah who was space jesus he was uh did they even i don't even know if they even give him a name uh i don't know dude is he yeah, he should be titled space jesus though that would be the the fucking coolest thing in the world yeah I mean, um he's not even i mean he's not even in the initial credits um, so he must not have mattered. Uh, also, okay, we'll talk about that in a minute, though. Yeah, so intergalactic Jesus and his uh, his band of child Hare Krishnas are uh, talking about... <laughs> um, <laughs> they're talking about, I don't know, being peaceful or some shit. and
1: uh, He's telling and, them the story of Zatine. Oh, right. uh, Zatine, <laughs> who was a mute ant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He, he pronounces mutant as mutant. Mutant. Uh, which my brain immediately took to mean an ant who cannot speak. <laughs> oh yeah. That's that's why I, t- I sent that in Slack earlier. So oh, like, yeah, I don't want to forget this.
0: I need that, this joke really badly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Zateen is a mutant.
0: Zateen. Uh I'm sorry, it's pronounced Zateen. Which
1: um, I guess that could Possibly be the the devil figure in the movie, like an analog for for Satan.
0: Yeah, but I mean, so the other thing about that is like we. So the other thing we'll see we'll see that very shortly because we get the whole basketball scene or whatever. But we get we get the sense that there's this evil board of directors because of course um, <laughs> who are who are encouraging Lance Henriksen uh, Raymond we'll call him Raymond is his character's name uh, to marry. Uh, the the mother of this child, her name is uh, Barbara. She's played by uh, Joanne Nail, um, who uh, she was in a few things. Uh, nothing nothing to speak of uh, per se. Um, like she had like a walk on role on Designing Women. Uh, like ten years after this, she was in what Cagney and show. Lacey. Um, that's about it. She she really isn't.
1: Uh, I mean, her career essentially ended the year after this movie came out. Oh no, sorry, like uh, ten years.
0: Yeah. So Math. did John Huston's. Oh. Oh. I well, mean, then. that's... Well, no, apparently not, because he just had a movie come out two years ago. <laughs> that's so true, he's one He's one up on Nell. <laughs> 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 um So i i kind of feel bad about that one but not really um so uh yeah so so raymond is being encouraged by the by the board of evil directors white guys to marry and impregnate barbara collins who is the mother of katie who is the girl we saw in the beginning of the movie who you know we get the idea that she is one of those childs and the story what is that? how does he explain the story of like the children
1: there was this evil being named Zatine who was as evil as could be. And he traveled around the world, the universe being evil. And then he, he was imprisoned. And then he uh, he got escaped from the, the prison ship onto a different ship and found his way to the planet called Earth. Uh, and there he mated with and procreated with the women of Earth and made... Uh, evil children who had powers as well. And then Zatine was killed, but his children carry on. I don't don't know. Something like that, basically.
0: Yeah. You know what, though? Like, that kind of sounds like a cool life. Zatine sounds like a cool dude. not going (laughs) to (laughs) lie. Like, I'd have a drink with him and be like, dude, tell me about your fucking life. Like, you just, like, prison ship hopped. You just kind of, like, fucked around the universe, got laid a bunch of times, and then just kind of fucked off again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like... Zatine, tell me about uh, tell me about the the Great Escape from the the <laughs> ship with the the trail of flame traveling through the universe. I don't know. Right, the intergalactic
0: it's, prison ship.
1: It's a very epic story to only find out that the character like that it features has been gone for however long and for, plays no additional role in the movie. Like it was like yeah, it was kind of disappointing, but also like good on you for like establishing the like the scriptural background of your, your like bit part here, space Jesus.
0: Yeah. You know, and and what I thought was actually kind of interesting and something that I feel like movies of this time um, always fell subject to was like, you know the the like the intro on the sc- the credits on the screen they'd be like long ago there was a man by the name of blah blah blah, but they did mm-hmm. it like narratively throughout in the story like mm-hmm. and it was really cool. the way they do it is we learned this that this is this is like like a bookend movie is that the the first scene we see with Space Jesus is actually the last scene we see uh of Space Jesus like it's all the same scene. It's just all the other shit happens in the
1: middle. what. Yeah, because I actually wondered about that. And yeah, because
0: John Houston comes in in the middle of him telling the story, and then they finish the story. Like he he goes back and tells the whole story of Katie, and then the very end of the movie. Sorry, early spoiler. uh, He like you know walks forward a little more, and you know like there's Katie. She's in the fucking like she's there listening to that story at the time.
1: I was trying to figure out if the if that's what they were going for, or if it was just two scenes of John Houston walking into the room full of uh, bald children. (laughs) Right? Which, why in this uh, like this race of space travelers who are here to save Earth for some reason? Why are John Houston and Space Jesus the only ones without shaved heads? Because right, they're the like, only ones allowed to have hair. Even the adults uh, who uh, ostensibly are on Earth to help uh, Jersey, uh, but yeah. really just like put up sheets on a roof and dance. Uh, and uh, while then, wearing
0: football outfits
1: yeah and then like block doorways in the the great scooby-doo chasing <laughs> like they all they're all bald too like yeah what what i don't get it yeah uh yeah i don't know
0: man i th- maybe this is like secretly Hare krishna propaganda and we just didn't realize it because they aren't really like a thing anymore
1: <laughs> How, like it was fairly recently uh, that we were talking about how the, the Krishnas seemed like they were everywhere for like a year and a half, and now they're just like, you, you don't hear about them at all.
0: Yeah, uh, My Name is Bruce, we were talking That's because right. there's a scene where they're the higher Krishnas, yeah. yeah. Maybe
1: it was. Was this a Krishna movie?
0: Uh, maybe yeah. it was. Maybe it's like Krishna sympathizers. I mean, I, I say sympathizers, but they weren't bad people, right? So no. like, they're not, like, or they're just.
1: They? No, they probably secret. weren't.
0: Yeah, they probably weren't. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. They just—they just, they just kind of fucked off too. So I don't really know <laughs> what's up.
1: We're the Krishna Satine. The whole time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the whole, t- the, whole t- the whole time, the whole time. Yeah. So, and then we uh, we get to watch 1978 basketball, which is pretty fucking dope. That was um, dope. That was really cool. Uh and so we got to see a little bit of basketball. We see Raymond on the on the sidelines. He he owns this team and there's this like really weird scene where someone's like, you know, you uh you know, you're you, you know, how do you you bought this team and like you keep investing in them like how do you afford this? Like what a fucking dumb question. Like who fucking cares? And they were like, like, "What how do you get all this money?" He was like, God. But we know that's not the case. He secretly works for a group of Sateen Saltine supporters.
1: <laughs> saltine Warriors. Um yeah, the the it's the sportscaster who like comes up to him with his microphone and apparently like ultra long cable. Uh yeah. and is just drilling. I'm like, you know, you you bought this team, like you, you, how are you gonna turn them around from Uh, being a a losing team to a winning team. And he's like, with an open checkbook. Aha, you've said that, but where's the money come from? He's like, I'm not going to tell you that. But you can tell me, though. He's like, "Ah, I can't, and I'm not going to. But you can, though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But what's weird is that, like, I still don't understand how... How Raymond's wealth plays into the plot of the movie because, like, why was it such a guarded secret? Because, like, it doesn't. And the weird part is, Raymond like seems to be like this really major player, but he's only in the first half of the movie. Well, and, you know, and we find the out end. that
1: they, like he is being bankrolled by the uh, by the the evil board of directors, and so like that's I mean why he can't say where his money's coming from because again, right? But, well, so there's this uh, conglomerate of. Uh, People you know, like the, the children of Zatine uh, yeah. who are secretly trying to direct events on Earth to ensure that the demon spawn, uh, you know, do uh, come about and take over the world. And, uh, they're paying me. They they set me up pretty yeah, nervously right. and, uh, they bought me this basketball team as, a, you know, as the cover story. Yeah. And all I'm I like, got to
0: do is bang this woman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a fucking easy deal, man. It's simple. Like, Raven gets a pretty good, uh, a pretty good deal in this whole, uh, right
0: so literally these people are like hey hey we're gonna give you millions of dollars yeah a basketball team all right all you gotta do is uh is marry and impregnate this really hot girl (laughs) that who who's cool and be like oh i mean is that it you'd be like yeah "Yeah." well i mean there's also her child is uh murderous and insane um but other than that it's, it's a deal right it's easy peasy that seems fine. That, that seems fine. Reasonable. This is easy. Yeah.
1: Uh, according to Lance Hendrickson, the cast agreed to do the movie to get a free trip to Italy. Hendrickson dislikes it the, the movie, calling it, quote, a real turkey. <laughs> <laughs> that is spectacular. Is, is turkey a, a, a bad word in the, in the film industry? Or is it like he specifically, like, that's his slang for, like, this movie was a turkey. Mwah, uh, I Go well, away, you're bothering understand. me.
0: I'm not entirely sure. I have heard things referred to as turkeys before that are bad. Uh, I don't know if this is a if that's a film term. It's not one that I've seen like used nowadays. Maybe it used to be. Um huh. Huh. Yeah.
1: Um yeah. This so like so often the trivia for the movies that we do is either non-existent mm-hmm. or it's really kind of boring. Like there's actually some interesting facts about this movie. Yeah. Much yeah young.
0: like uh, uh so we, so we trick? talk about so, um, so we'll we'll talk about the basketball scene too really quick. So while that's all happening, we see Katie walking through the audience <laughs> and she uh, through the crowd and she sits down and it's like 99 to 100 and you know the um the team whose team is it is it his team or is it the other team is about to score like
1: the winning point? the visiting team so this is set in Atlanta. Uh, right. And he owns the Atlanta Rebels, and the visiting San Francisco Niners uh, are, oh, sure. uh like, they 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 had an early and commanding lead, uh, thanks to uh, their star player, Abdul, uh, mm. I think that was his name, and yeah. he gets an injury, he goes down on the bench for, uh, like a quarter or so. Uh, and, you know, the Rebels rally and they come back and they've got the lead and, like, they're they're going to win it in, like, you know, the last few seconds or, like, the last minute or so. Uh, Abdul comes back in the game and, like, you know, gets really close down to, like, one point and he's about to make the winning winning basket. I almost said winning goal. Like, oh, <laughs> I know sports. Uh, he's about to score the winning basket and uh, that's when Katie steps in. Yeah. And, and like, she – a really dramatic and also confusing way.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, like, this is our first instance of seeing Katie actually use powers. So she she like tilts down her very seventy sunglasses just as he's about to, you know, slam the ball and get a two pointer to be to be that make the score be one hundred one to one hundred, winning them the game. And an explosion happens uh, at the uh, at the basketball thing. He uh-huh. falls down. And the crazy part about it is that they're just like. Well, I guess that's the game. Like, there's no, like, oh, shit, let's stop the clock, reset, something crazy happened, let's go back 10 seconds or whatever, and, you know, give them another shot. They're just like, nah, fuck it. Like, this dude's face just exploded, and we'll just call it a day. Like, it's just so weird.
1: It's very obvious he was going to make that basket. Like, the the man was a a star player, and this was a very easy, uh, very easy shot for him. Uh, Oh, yeah. And... Ah uh, the with the ball, the hoop, the backboard, something explodes, not like yeah, something no, no, like around
0: that area explodes,
1: not like when you see a guy make a real epic dunk and the the backboard shatters, like there was like an explosion, like there was dynamite in the ball, and nobody like nobody says anything about that, like yeah. at one point, like uh Katie's mom, Barbara later says, you know that explosion was kind of weird, but yeah. I guess that's yeah, then, normal in basketball.
0: <laughs> but I guess the, cra- the craziest part about that whole scene, which uh, this is the scene immediately after this, is that uh, it's Raymond and Barbara in bed, um, assuming post-game, and she makes a reference to like, oh, that's, you know, it was weird, the explosion. And he was like, how come you don't do any explosions when we're banging? And she's like, what? And he's like, well, it'd be cool if you just made some kind of noise. And they have this long conversation. And then he's like, ah, come here. You should marry me. That scene was actually improvised, yeah. which makes, which once again proves my theory, Lance Henriksen is in fact the evil twin of Roy Scheider.
1: <laughs> Go on. <laughs>
0: that that was it that was the theory i oh. i just explained it and gave evidence of so <laughs> and now they're both dead oh no uh, lance Henry's still alive um so rude yeah uh and now he's dead what <laughs> now well, i assume I'm he dead. was well he <laughs> could be now um <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, so now we see that Katie's all, all weird. Uh, you know, Raymond has this meeting with the board of directors and, and so we're getting the idea that, that some fuckery is about to happen. And at mm. this point we still kind of don't know what John Houston's role is. Like we know that there's the evil board of directors. We know that Jersey has come in here too. Um, and you know, you can kind of ascertain that John Houston's the good guy and the board of directors are the bad guys but it wasn't it wasn't entirely obvious yet um but now we see that it is uh um Katie's birthday and her birthday party is coming up and this is where we get the i am a pretty bird uh, <laughs> thing so so Barbara and her sister is it uh yes. Barbara and susan? a friend yeah so, Barbara so, so and her,
1: they like they they refer to her as like aunt susan or something like that
0: oh right 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 yeah so Barbara and her sister are out shopping um, they're at, you know, some random store and uh, they buy, Susan decides to buy Katie this little mechanical peacock that it says, I am a pretty bird. And like um, a really
1: creepy recorded robotic voice. Oh yeah. Really creepy. And just like creepy. over and over again too. Like not something specific that triggers it. Like you don't push a button, you don't wind it up. It just, just says it just repeatedly. it. does it. Yeah. Um, and so she gets it, she gets it
0: and actually Barbara's like, no, don't get this fucking thing. Because we actually see that Katie has a hawk, Mm -hmm. um, as most eight year olds do, apparently. Um, and, uh, you know, she, she earlier in the scene, she like threatens to kill her current babysitter. She's like, this one's always sleeping. I will (laughs) kill her next time. It's like, cool. You're a good
1: kid. And, uh, uh, (laughs) it's, you know, it's a classic case of uh, like, you know, oh, she's got a hawk. She likes birds. I'll get her bird things. Like that—that that trap <laughs> that people fall into with gift giving, and why yeah. I, why I don't support gift giving because I'm like, unless you truly really know the person and like can get something that like really means something, like don't just get it like a chashki because you know they liked, you know they like this one thing, so like everybody just floods them with this one. This is my rant for the week. You know the holidays are coming up. Don't don't do that. Yeah, you know I one of my
0: mom's friends um, has their whole house is filled with with frogs. Like, not real frogs, but like frog things, like frog (laughs) tchotchkes and like door stopper, biblical plague, (laughs) and uh, just centrally located inside their house. And I remember asking them, like, years ago, I remember they were like, they were like babysitting me or something. And I was, I was a kid and I was like, why do you have so many frog things in your house? Like, there are frogs everywhere. And I remember them being like, one day I said I liked frogs and everybody, they were on a softball team at the time. And they were like, and everybody on the team got me something frog. So we got like 30 frog gifts in like a weekend mm-hmm. and then they kept doing it and we just kept putting it all over our house. And to this day, mind you, that was like 25 years ago. To this day, they still have shit ton of frog shit all over their house. Unlike our friend Ethan, who has literal frog shit all over his house because he is a uh, a herp a herpetologist uh, uh, enthusiast. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's not actually. I mean, he's you know, it's not all over his house. It's all over the the aquarium section. I don't know. I'm sure his house is very nice. Yes. Uh,
1: massive aquariums, though. Yeah, Just it's enormous. Awesome.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's really fucking dope. Um yeah, so so uh we see that Susan wraps up this bird um and uh you know she's got the present and Barbara's like, "I don't get her that." And she's like, "I'm doing it." Um and so she does Um, She comes back, uh, she comes home, and now we're celebrating the birthday. Uh, But before we get to the birthday party, um, one, we want to thank you for subscribing. Um, And if you haven't, do so. That would be super cool. Um, It's very easy to do. All you got to do is click that button, either subscribe or follow or whatever it is that uh, your podcast catcher of choice uh, says. So we appreciate that. Um, And if you're on uh, um, iTunes, uh, leave a rating and review. You know, it's something as simple as just like, Hey, this is cool. Um, helps us out immensely and we would appreciate that. Um, but of course, you know, uh, if, if you are so inclined, you could also follow us on social media, you know, retweet our stuff or just tag us in movies you think we should watch. We recently got tagged in a movie and now we're going to do it, uh, as a special this month. Gotta um, but you could, it. uh, do it at, at the Nohoit podcast. That's the N-H-O-I-T podcast on both Instagram and Twitter, Um, But where else, uh, Caleb, could they go if they wanted more information about us and the network we're a part of?
1: Oh, well, that's interesting you should ask, because if you wanted to to learn more about us specifically, you can navigate directly to thenohoyt.com, that's t h e n h o i tcom and that will take you to uh, our little niche on the web, where you can see our upcoming schedule of episodes, uh, see descriptions of the movies, links to trailers, as well as information about where, if at all, you can find the movies streaming, should you want to watch along, uh, and of course, yeah, we mentioned like people tagging us on social media. We also have a contact form on there if you want to reach out through our website and uh, let us know how you think we're doing, or you know, tell us about a movie that you want us to watch. Uh, and then, of course, uh, as we mentioned, we've got a bunch of other stuff that we do as a media company, uh, and you can find out all about that at NightshiftRadio.com. Cool. That sounds like a pretty fantastic thing. Um... I mean, it
0: is. Yeah. So let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break. When we come back, uh, we will finish up with The Visitor.
1: You're listening to a Night Shift Radio production. Night Shift Radio is a modern media company bringing you shows that entertain, inform, and most importantly, provide an escape. Never Heard of It dives into the world of bad, obscure, and sometimes just weird movies. Follow along with the crew of Set Condition One as they experience the 2004 sci-fi hit Battlestar Galactica, one episode at a time. Each week on Left of the Dial, we explore a new record or revisit an old favorite. We'll bring in guests to talk about their own music and the state of the industry. The Superpod Cast, Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. They draw a random comic-inspired movie from Thor's helmet and offer thorough, insightful and humorous commentary. And once a month, tune into the Storyteller series and get lost in the magic of a good old-fashioned radio drama. Learn more about these fine shows at nightshiftradio.com and subscribe on your favorite platform.
0: Hello and welcome back. Hey, so uh, so when we left, uh, we, we were at the birthday party, and this is where we shit were, starts to get crazy.
1: It gets real world from here.
0: It gets we, really real, fucking real wild. Weird.
1: It's w- the, world, wild, weird. Some really, really wild.
0: We went right to Johnny Carson, both of us. <laughs> we're old. Um, so <laughs> so uh, this is a crazy birthday party, uh, I mean, it, it, I've been to a couple of birthday parties with this exact same situation occurred. So it's really, mm-hmm. it was very mm-hmm. coincidental, uh, to me as well. Uh, Caleb, what does she, what does she pull out of her, uh, birthday gift?
1: So she goes to open, uh, Susan's gift, which we, as we all know is the, uh, um, the, the peacock toy that, that speaks. Sure. Uh, but, uh, she opens the box and in it, she's thrilled to find, uh, her very own shiny new handgun. Yeah, Uh, which most eight-year-olds are wont to have. Like as she opens it up, though, she like she walks away from the uh, the group, which I thought was kind of odd. Like she wanders away quite a bit, and like she keeps seeing Jersey, uh, our man uh, John Houston, uh, kind of like poking around, looking through windows and corners and stuff like that. Like, he's being kind of a creeper. Uh, She keeps seeing him, so she keeps, like, walking around looking for him, and then she opens the box and sees the gun, and she's like, Mommy, look what I got. And she turns around and drops it, and it fires a perfect shot straight through the small of her mother's back, paralyzing her.
0: I, fucking weird scene, my dude, weird scene.
1: (laughs) So, So, uh, is Jersey trying to kill her? So, first of all, I I actually Google searched this because I've always wondered, like you see this all the time in film and TV, if a gun is dropped and it just like fires, I'm like, can that really happen? Uh, And apparently, uh, according to scienceabc.com which uh, is just the the first uh, hit that comes in the search, so don't take this at all as the definitive answer because I'm putting zero effort into this. Uh, Generally speaking, if your gun is kept in good condition, was made in the past decade or so, and isn't uh, used frequently enough for wear and tear to compromise the safety mechanisms, uh, there's almost no chance of the gun going off if you drop it. Uh, And presumably this was a new gun at the time, uh, and so it seems highly unlikely... Uh, while, you know, necessary for the plot to proceed in the way that it does, uh, which is kind of weak, uh, it seems unlikely that this would actually happen. And so So maybe
0: it was intended to happen.
1: Yeah. And so we, we don't really know how the gun got there. In fact, there's a a detective that plays a a bit role, uh, that also does some, some weird creepy shit, like breaking and entering into the home and, and taking away evidence, uh, when no one is home. Um, Which, by the way, is played by Glenn Ford. Uh, yes. We just have to point that out. Like, this
0: is this is not just anybody; it's fucking Glenn Ford. It's, <laughs> it's great.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, and like, he he can't figure out how the um, the gift. Like, there's there's no other prints on the gun, but the girl's, uh, but Katie's. Uh, the wrapping, as far as they can tell, was completely sealed and not compromised before she opened it. Like, so the gun somehow got into the into the box without being opened. Uh, could this be a manifestation of someone's powers?
0: Ooh. We don't know because
1: uh, Katie supposedly is a you know a demonic spawn of, uh, of Zatine's brood, uh, and therefore has all of these crazy powers. She uses them like three times, and like once is to make a basketball explode, once is to drop a fire escape on someone, and like once is to like I don't know mess with the lights. Yeah. That <laughs> was like doesn't like there's not really a a convincing argument for her being like this really powerful like demonic being that needs to be controlled other than and like, she like a a real bird. shit attitude. Like, yeah. She's got a shit attitude and she has, you know, a friend with a you know a a bird of prey. Um, yeah. but I that, mean she's like, just a,
0: she's just a shitty kid. She's just yeah. not like a <laughs> she's just a bad kid. That's all there is to <laughs> Uh
1: but yeah, so it seems like it it possibly plays right into the uh the evil board of directors uh, goals all along uh, because Barbara has, uh, has established that she has no intention of marrying what? I don't even remember his name anymore. Uh, Raymond. Raymond. Thank you. She has no intention of of being Mrs. Raymond Armstead. Uh, She's strong and independent and uh, also uh, doesn't want any more children, which seems like a, like, no, Good for you. Like, yeah, there's no reason you should have to, but I'm like, it's not really the argument against marrying specifically. Uh, like, like, right? I mean, she he, brings up the whole
0: idea of like she got divorced like seven and a half years ago, and she was like, I just, I just can't. Like, it has been seven and a half years. <laughs> like, <laughs> so here's the thing: is that you want to get married, say, or you don't?
1: She doesn't say like I can't get married again. I can't go through that. I can't, I don't want to be committed. I don't want to be tied down. I don't want the potential for heartbreak. She doesn't say any of those things. She says. I don't want to have any more children, uh, which like he like mentions children not at all. Like never. we learn eventually that that is part of the, the the deeper plan, but like he never mentions it. She volunteers that as her reasoning for not wanting to marry him, uh, which again like she doesn't need a reason. Like she doesn't want, she doesn't have to. But like sure, it's just it's it's an oddly forced argument uh, for something that never comes up.
0: But I feel like that's one of those, those like, arguments that are relevant of the era. I mean, because this is late 70s, so I'm sure that the whole idea of, like, well, if we get married, obviously we have kids, you know, and the assumption is, you know, like, even Katie says, like... You know, you guys are. You guys can be married. We can be a family. You can give me a baby brother. You yeah, know, Katie like demands she, Katie brings it up a lot. Um, in fact, really fucking weird. Um, and
1: nobody thinks to tell Katie, like, you shut the fuck up. Like, you wait till you're old enough and you have a kid, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, there's just no like under like.
0: In fact, nobody except for the the really shitty housekeeper that comes later ever like gets to Katie's face and be like, hey. Cut your fucking shit out. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, nobody ever disciplines this child for, like, her murderous intent. Like, it's just her
1: bad behavior. Jane is kind of great. And Jane is uh, played by Shelley Winter. Uh, Yeah. Winters? Winters. Winters. Winters, yep. Um, And uh, there's a scene uh, where they're they're having a confrontation and Shelley Winters, Jane, uh, slaps Katie like a couple of times. Yeah. And apparently that was real. Like in filming that scene, Shelley like actually slaps this girl Paige like multiple times and like not gently. And yeah, like, get get into that character, Shelly Winters. I mean, it's
0: Shelly Winters. You, <laughs> I'm sorry, if Shelly Winters wanted to slap me now, I'd be like, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I
0: mean, she, she's been dead for 14 years, but I still yes. would let her do
1: it. Like you'd let her go slapping? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally, like, Shelly Winters, go slap me. If anyone can yeah. contact the ghost of Shelly Winters, uh, we want to organize a slapping. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> a,
0: a interdimensional slapping. So, I, mean, I mean, she's been in fucking great – I mean, she was in great things. Like, she, you know, <laughs> she was in Poseidon Adventure. She was awesome.
1: Jane is another one of the characters in this movie that doesn't entirely make sense, like, what her her role is. Because uh, she shows up as the, uh, the new housekeeper sent by, quote, the service, uh, which this is apparently a time when all, all uh, like – gig type staffing is done by a centralized agency. Uh yeah. so they have the service for the the babysitters, the service, the agency, whatever for the, the the housekeeping, whatnot. So this is all like pre-gig economy, pre like Uber and whatnot. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> this mm-hmm. like these actual people sent to your house. Uh which like it's a it's a weird thought in in my head. Uh but anyway, she she shows up Uh, announces herself uh, after letting herself into the house and wandering around with her birdcage full of fake birds. (laughs) Birds. uh, Like she, she announces herself as the new housekeeper and like, that's just that, like that's accepted. Nobody questions that. Uh, Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, uh, what's his name does the same thing when, when Raymond answers the door and it's Jersey and he's like, oh, I'm the babysitter. And he was like, You're a 75-year-old man. Eh, all right, come on
1: in. (laughs) He's like, they normally send us uh, teenage girls. And (laughs) he's like, what about, I don't know, Becky or whatever? He's like, oh, she couldn't make it. That's why the service sent me. Right. And I'm like, well, I guess that checks out. Like, no need to look into this at all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In no way whatsoever should I background screen this. (laughs) It was a different time.
1: uh, Barbara says no you know the the service really like they, they screen their, their their people you know really thoroughly uh, sure like she just accepts that he is from the service uh, which like if if that's true then your your theory that like he's been screened and background check and everything okay like I guess you you put your face in that service but like no like at no point does he like provide any credentialing or proof that he actually is from the the babysitting service uh, other than the word that he gives <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Which, uh, you know, also turns out that he is not from the service. In fact, he is, he is literally an intergalactic being, uh, bent on, uh, taking their child. So
1: with badass theme music.
0: Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. brum, bum. Yeah. So can we, so we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about the, the detective, uh, Glenn Ford, but I do also want to talk about her doctor, um, yes. who eventually becomes part of it who is a part of the scheme as well with with the bad people but he's like does the, anyone else the chairman of the board <laughs> the chairman of the board right so but the other thing about the doctor is that he's a doctor who helped her after she became paralyzed his name is dr Walker and she's paralyzed she can't walk and his name is dr Walker
1: what <laughs> This is uh, Mel Ferrer.
0: Mel Ferrer, yeah, Mel Ferrer, (laughs) yeah. They'd be like, they'd be like, if my if like my cancer doctor's name was Doctor Lymphoma, I'd be like, I mean, (laughs) this is a little weird, (laughs) but okay.
1: Paging Doctor Biopsy, right, right. (laughs) Doctor Chemo, uh.
0: yeah. (laughs) Oh, wild. Um. But yeah so he he plays a later role. So so the te- the detective's whole thing is you know just figuring out um the uh figure, figuring out like you know how did this gun get into the hands of this kid? He even ends up going to, um, like, the, he follows Paige to school, and you know, of course, she she sees it right off the bat, and you know, tells him to fuck off. Literally tells him to fuck You're off. Right? <laughs> yeah. She's like, she's like, I'll tell you, go fuck yourself. Go fuck and yourself.
1: Then, and he's like, and she calls him a
0: be- pervert or, or a molester, and you yeah. know, tells him to go
1: go away. Doesn't phase him. He did you know the. The stern old cop to the end, yeah. Um, but I love it. He's like, I just got you know one more question for you, and I promise I'll, I'll never ask you anymore. And like, you know, how did the, the gun get there? And she's like, Let me whisper it to you. Yeah, make sure to write ass. this down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in <rain> your ass. <laughs> oh boy. Um, Apparently, uh, she struggled with with using profane words uh, at such a young age. Which,
0: or to Glenn Ford. yeah,
1: yeah. Paige Connor, you know, such a sweet innocent child. Forced to play such a, a terrible character,
0: <laughs> and now uh, and then she ended up becoming a cheerleader, um, and then she now owns her own luxury lash extensions uh, place in Atlanta. That's uh, well, that's for Paige Connor's
1: bio. Like, you know, yeah, becoming a small business owner, giving up the, uh, the 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 rough Hollywood life. I you know, I respect that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, good for her. Um, so and she got a free trip to Italy as a kid uh, and got to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and got to swear at glenn ford how what else could go wrong and hang out with john houston and space jesus space um,
1: yeah that's pretty I, dope i mean it's i would a have done all night. of these things at eight years old
0: yeah totally i'd shit i would do that at 39 now so uh so at one point so the detective after this uh kind of gets closer you know and he he goes into the um Uh, the, the like house when no one's there and the bird like, you know, goes to attack him and he, he gets the bird outside and he finds the peacock, the, the, I'm a pretty bird thing buried in, in this like Potter plant. And he was like, aha, like, here we go. Like I'm, you know, things are starting to add up. So he calls, you know, he's driving back to HQ and he's, he's like, Hey, I'm on my way back and blah, blah, blah. And then this is where shit starts gets weird. The bird is actually chasing him down. Um and the bird ends up like getting into the vehicle and uh and scratching his eyes out and he veers off the road and you know he crashes a bunch of things and he flies off the road and he he goes tumbling, you know the car goes tumbling down a hill and it tumbles into a fence and gets wrapped <laughs> into the fence. So <laughs> So when he, the car's there, <laughs> Stop, like, all these guys are, like, impossible. out there playing. <laughs> right. It's, like, the most absurd thing. So, so it crashes, and, you know, it's, like, you know, there's, like, there's like by a baseball field, and a whole bunch of guys are, like, oh, shit, we got to go, like, help this guy. So they go running up, and they're, like, oh, this fence is wrapped around the car. Like, we can't get at it. And then they're, like, oh, no, there's fire. The tank's going to blow. And they all start running, and the car blows up. And thus is the end of our detective.
1: Oh, man. Poor detective. Yeah. Like, what addictive. a way to go, Jake. Yeah. Jake Durham, like, he was six months from retirement,
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was the best in the force. And
1: I'm just kidding, Jake Durham would have never retired. No. This was the only way it was ever going to end for Jake Durham. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He died the way he lived, wrapped in a fence, (laughs) caught on fire, and exploded after being attacked by a bird.
1: Run run off the road by a fucking evil hawk. (laughs) I kind of want to watch a whole movie just about this hawk.
0: Just about this hawk, yeah, who just fucking screams the entire time, and she calls it Squeaky. Squeaky. That is the name of this thing, and it just fucking screams the entire time. All it does is scream. This bird just fucking screams yeah and i was like oh i had to keep turning it down i was like i can't with this thing so the uh okay so now we've got our general idea you know jersey gets in there and he's telling you know barbara like hey i gotta sorry man i gotta take your kid and raymond's there and he's like hey we're gonna um we're gonna do some shit and then you know uh um, y- you know, the rest of the movie is a lot of, like, give or take, it's a lot of, like, pull, um, of, like, hey, when is, you know, uh, like, are we gonna do this? Are we gonna do that? You know, and, I don't know. The The movie kind of, like, spends a lot of time, uh, of, you know, Raymond stepping into place and being like, hey, I'm gonna take her and impregnate her and then what's-his-name stepping into place, uh you know doing the uh you know being like no i'm here to rescue katie and bring her to a special place or whatever and i don't know i i still like nobody ever uh, i saw like we we have a very clear explanation of what the goal of raymond and the and the board of directors goal is they mm want to make more evil babies to repopulate the earth with Zatine's bloodline we don't ever really learn what jersey's goal is is to take her away but like also it's really weird because we see a couple incidences where he where like um like we we are led to believe that he's the one who gets the gun to kill barbara because we see jersey first at the birthday party like she sees jersey then she opens the gift and it's a gun Mm -hmm. my the implication is that jersey is the one who gave her the gun with the intention of killing barbara so I don't really understand Jersey's goal.
1: But then there's a, the scene later where Barbara is driving and gets uh, kidnapped by the uh, the the conglomerate, the, the evil men. Uh, and when she comes back, she has been impregnated uh, once again, and it's Jersey who delivers that news to her uh, before just like disappearing. And right. And, right. Like what? What is your what is your game here, old man? I know. <laughs> what are you trying to play at
0: old man? Um, yeah, it's really weird. Um, but the, so, so the way the movie plays out is, you know, eventually, um, you know, uh, and this is the weird part. Like, you know, the board of directors is like Raymond, you failed. And so Raymond just is like calls her up and's like, Hey, I have business in San Francisco. Bye. And then, and then the other, the doctor, a doctor Walker, you know, the head of the board, uh, steps in to to basically forcibly impregnate her um, via a medical surgery. Um, but yeah, like it's just kind of fucking weird. And there's a lot of weird shit. And what we learned, we learned that Jane was actually sent by um, Jersey to like do something. I don't know. She doesn't really intervene in anything. Like she literally does nothing helpful. To either Jersey or Raymond or the board of directors, like at all. Like I don't I still don't understand what exactly her purpose was in the grand oh. scheme of things.
1: So in the the scene where you know we, we talked about where she slaps uh Katie, uh right before that, Katie's demanding to know like where her mother is, and she's like, I, I haven't seen her, I haven't done anything to protect her. I'm like, wait, why did that come from? And then she yeah. slaps the shit out of Katie a few times, and then she's like I know exactly what you are. i I had one of you myself and like is she just talking about like shitty kids or like does she know about the, the spawn of Zatine? Like did she was she also used to uh to further Zatine's bloodline? Like what's her backstory? I wanna know. Right. Uh and then like later on as things resolve, uh like there's a the big confrontation scene and like uh Barbara comes home and like she's just wondering like what what the hell is happening and uh the the hawk attacks her and Jane like kills the hawk and she's like I'm here to protect you and then like that's it like she is like taken out of the the picture until she tries to convince Jersey to take her home with her and like that's
0: that's it. Yeah. But so the other weird thing about this too is that it, it seems like they never could really make up their mind as to who exactly is, is the catalyst because the the story that we're told in the beginning and later on is that it's, it's, it has to be a special mother. Like it's a specific mother that gives birth to these type of kids. So there's specific women out there. It's not the, it's not a specific man. Like it's not Raymond, that goes to barbara it's the fact that barbara gave birth to this child so barbara is the key not her fault not uh katie's father or anything like that it's it's literally just barbara but then they're like nobody ever does anything to stop barbara like nobody just goes to barbara and be like hi have a hysterectomy never have kids again or like or you know get your tube side or whatever because like you're gonna give birth to evil children like this. Like, just do that. Was the end. that
1: maybe what the gun
0: was for? Maybe. Well, that's that. Was what I thought is that you know he gives her the gun to stop Barbara to like end bar. Because if Barbara dies, then he can just come scoop up the kid and and just you know bounce off and be fine. Um, and in the end, that's kind of like what what we get the idea as that happens is you know uh, um, Katie goes crazy. She. She beats the shit out of her mom and Raymond comes in and tries to kill the mom. And then, you know, Jersey comes in and stabs Raymond with a bird, which attacks uh, with a bunch of pigeons, attacks Katie, and then takes her off to space Jesus. You know, so like.
1: Well, they first send her off to like an institution. And yeah. And like somehow she gets out and gets home and attacks her mother again. And oh, then yeah, because she, when... she uh,
0: takes her mom's wheelchair and drives it through like a. Like a big glass thing, yeah. And then she and then, gets taken away, and then she comes back and beats her up and throws her down the stairs.
1: Yeah, and then there's the birds.
0: And then there's right. the fucking birds. Which,
1: yeah. I don't know, man. That's that's the movie. <laughs> it's so such- uh, <laughs> it's fucking insane, but I also kind of enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. It's a very 70s, I mean like, you know, if you love 70s style, if you want to see 70s architecture at its finest, um, <laughs> definitely check out their house, which uh, which Jane, by the way, describes as exquisite um, uh, while she's traipsing around with her birds. Um, I also it's love that they have fuck. like, they had like a fucking hot tub
1: in the middle of their living room, like surrounded uh, by glass. Was that possibly underneath the giant 7-Up lamp?
0: Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, this definitely looked like somebody took, like, a like a small strip mall or, like, a small, like, mall and just converted it to this person's house. That That's exactly <laughs> what it looked like. Because, like, everything, like, overhang, like, you know, there was, like, two levels, but the top levels were very, like, open, and they had, like, railing. Like, you were walking, you know, down a mall, and you're looking down to the first floor of the mall, and, like, <laughs> you would be like, oh, there's the pretzel place, and there's, you know, Baby Gap mm. or something, which is not a store anymore. I don't know why I called that, but... Gap is just not a store anymore, right? right. Really? I don't think gaps exist I thought, anymore. It I mean I mean bear retail, in mind it has been like ten months since I've been to a mall, so I don't know.
1: <laughs> and brick and mortar retail has been dying slowly. Gap still exists. I don't know if they have actual like if they have actual stores, I don't anymore. think they
0: do in Syracuse anymore. I mean, I know for a fact they don't in Syracuse anymore.
1: Because I mean the gap brands also includes like old navy and banana Republic right. and Banana probably yeah, there's like one others. others, I think. Like uh, Athleta, Hill City, and Mask Shop. There is an Athleta
0: in the mall in our mall
1: here. What is Mask Shop? Is this just, like, can you buy Gap masks? Oh God, page won't load. Oh, yes, That's they, they do have uh, various uh, uh, novelty and practical face masks. So uh, good on Gap for uh, pivoting quickly uh, during the yeah, pandemic. Right? Uh,
0: gotta, do something. You gotta um, do something so the visitor playing uh, on 2B tv uh should you watch this movie
1: yeah yeah it was I, weird yeah so if, if you're into uh it, italian cinema or like obscure foreign sci-fi or just like bizarre movies that you like you're gonna spend entirely too long trying to figure out and never actually succeed yes by all yeah, means totally. watch this yeah um it was weird as hell. I found it enjoyable much more than I expected to. I I expected this to be one of those movies where I'm like, this is just like, it's, it's just too bizarre and I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. And so fuck it. But like, like, I I, want to get deeper into the lore of this story. Like I want to know more. And like that's, that's where it left me.
0: Yeah, I would love to know more about Space Jesus versus uh, Zatine, um, because I'll be honest, Zatine being dead really pulls, uh, really puts a monkey wrench in the whole idea of, like, there actually being a battle, because it kind of feels like it's over
1: just it, it takes away <laughs> a lot of the sense of urgency.
0: Right, because it's just kind of sure. like, well, I guess we just wait around until a demon baby is born, because the dude's dead, so we just gotta see what's up. They're just um, on
1: cleanup duty, like like intergalactic yeah. cleanup duty.
0: Yeah. we're not hosting an intergalactic kegger. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so there's that. I, I don't know, man. It was kind of cool. I mean, if anything, you get uh, you get to watch John Houston walk down a staircase for twenty minutes, uh, which was like the most Monty Python thing I had ever seen uh, in a very serious <laughs> sci fi film. It was pretty fantastic. More Monty Python than the Jabberwocky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah precisely um so uh so yeah i don't know man uh i say uh give it a shot it's it, it'll be an entertaining uh slightly under two hours i think yeah um uh but yeah so uh so next episode christmas twister starring oh. casper van Deen, <laughs> this is sure to be an absolute shit show and i am beyond excited um to, to see this one. I, I only hope we get as much joy out of this one as we did Hurricane
1: Heist. Oh my god. I don't know if that's possible though.
0: I mean, but it's Casper Van Dien, man. <laughs> Hurricane Heist was just a just a nonstop thrill ride of laughs. <laughs> it it certainly was. Uh so <laughs> thanks a lot for joining us, everyone. Uh, you have been listening to never heard of it a night shift radio original. Uh, we will see you next week.